0: you are so good in the middle of the storm God your word says you are there with us just like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego God and he looked into the fire and there were four and you were walking around in the fire protecting them just as your word says we are protected in you God and as Nick comes you've been speaking to him all week about what you want to say to us but Holy Spirit we need you to clear the clouds from our eyes and our minds so that we can hear from you, God. Speak now in Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen. Hey, if, can you guys stay up? I want to save you an up and down. We're going to read together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now sit down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of my favorite phrases, quotes in the Bible, they say, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. So we're gonna talk a little bit today about uh, hope and how it destroys anxiety. And so towards the end of the service, we're gonna talk about God equipping us and challenging us and calling us to courageous action. And so I think a little bit that's what it looks like. Uh, So stay standing, I'm gonna read 1 Peter uh, 3 through nine, it's gonna be up on the screen. Or if you want, grab your Bibles and turn to it. Little quick context here. Uh, Peter is writing to the church who is under severe persecution Uh, so they are enduring some intense trials and so Peter recognizes he cannot remove them from their trial or at least all their trial so he writes a letter to instill hope he writes a letter to remind them of what God has done what God is doing and what God will do and a lot of it is anchored in this idea of future hope and Peter believed at that day as I believe today that future promises and how they are anchored in the person of Jesus Christ and His faithfulness, uh, they provide present hope. And a lot of times that will uh, eliminate uh, all, all anxiety. And so stand and follow along as I read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Living God, we praise you for your word. We praise you for uh, the encouragement that it gives us, the guidance that it gives us. And now we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us. We ask that you would, um, as you have... Always invaded the the trouble and the turmoil of our life in this world, um, to bring about rescue and to bring about deliverance. And you are doing it now. We pray that you truly would even now uh, come and shake the earth with your presence and your truth, and shake our hearts uh, to set our minds and our hearts hope once again on you. Amen. You can be seated now. All right, little recap here. What we've read. We're going to use First Peter to kind of move to a few other places in scripture uh, to see how, in a a real applicable way, I guess, this this sermon feels, uh, how to handle our anxiety and how God has truly given us solution. So what we read is we've been born again. We have a living hope, and I love this idea of living is active and constant. Uh, We have unending inheritance. So think of an inheritance, possession of God that is gifted to us, blessing. Uh, all this comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ but with all this good we endure trials as they did however these trials give us opportunity to express faith and scripture says and Peter says to, to the first Christians this faith is filled with glory and it obtains a reward for us one of the rewards that he pulls out is salvation now but also the totality of salvation in the future So even though our trial today and our focus today is not, our trial in our cultures is seldom persecution, especially uh, with the same vein as what what these um, first Christians have endured. But one of the ways that I think we struggle, uh, some of it is because of, of what we're born in, some of it is our own doing, some of it is the pace of everyone else around us doing, is this idea of anxiety. And so I'm not totally sure all of the pieces that fuel this in our country, but I also, I know that it's, it's rampant. Um, Whether it be all of the access we have to information, the access we have to people, uh, the access that people have to us, we have a lot on our mind. And so we are, we are moving at a pace that is really unprecedented. Uh, A lot of this is good, right? Convenience, uh, certain conveniences free us up to do the things that we like to do, to do the things that God calls us to do, but it also comes with it um, just, a tremendous amount of anxiety, obviously. You don't have to look very far uh, in the mirror, and you know that you experience this, whether it's um, triggered by certain events or circumstances from the outside where it causes you tremendous um, fear, tremendous anxiety, or whether it's just just this kind of low-grade, consistent, always there, always on your mind. I'm going to, all throughout the scriptures, It it uses this idea of anxiety and this idea of fear uh, fairly hand-in-hand. And the solution, it continues to say, that it's pulled out in a great way in Isaiah 41.10 that we're familiar with, says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So when the Bible calls us to fear not or challenges us or commands us to fear not, uh, more times than not, it's immediately followed with the promise of the presence of God. It's immediately followed with the promise of something that God will do, the action of God. And so very quickly, we start to see uh, the authors of the scriptures have this theme pulled out that says, hey, fear is gonna be blown away by God, by his presence in these things. So for today, we're going to define anxiety here, Uh, basically the thought that something bad is going to happen. So something's going wrong to either ourselves or someone we love, so we want to do something about it. And if you think about things that cause you anxiety or moments that you all of a sudden are self-aware, you can recognize uh, there's some form of discomfort emotionally or i have this thought and idea that's projecting into the future it's causing fear next thing you know this fear gives way and ground over and over and over and now i'm anxious and so i got to do something many times it's it's just this generic feeling right you don't even know what you're supposed to do you just feel anxious okay now scripture says that it is okay to look ahead it is okay to look forward is it okay to plan ahead and oftentimes it's wisdom that you consider a possible outcome for a situation or your choices. So even though many times we let our thoughts run too far into the future to the point of creating fear and anxiety, uh, I don't think it's that helpful when w- when we always talk about, well, don't think about the future. Um, i don't I don't think we're called to just stop thinking about the future. So here's what I mean. Proverbs fourteen fifteen says the simple believe everything but the prudent or that word means wise the prudent gives thought to his steps Proverbs twenty one twenty discusses the idea of saving and if you're going to save you have to be forward thinking a little bit right otherwise you don't save it says precious treasure and oil are in the wise man's dwelling but a foolish man devours them and then the one that I find most helpful to me personally is Proverbs 22 3 the prudent sees danger and hides himself or avoids it the prudent sees danger and avoids it but the simple go on and suffer for it. Many times forward thinking or planning ahead uh, triggers or stimulates uh, healthy action. Proverbs 14, 15 says the simple believes ever, I'm sorry, Proverbs 12, 23. In all toil there is profit, but in mere talk tends only to poverty. How many times in your life does your anxiety not result in anything good? Like, did your anxiety ever do anything for you? No, most of the time it just takes place up here, right? So there's a difference between thinking ahead, seeing possible outcomes, looking for possible solutions and needs, and having that trigger and cause action. But what what I have found and, and observed and even can relate to is, more often than not, we are stuck in this just continual fear of the future, trying to trying to control, trying to do something about it. I listened to a guy the other day, um, Christian therapist talk about uh, how he kind of approaches and handles anxiety and one thing that I I, I found really helpful is he says, "When when you are an anxious person or when you're struggling with anxiety, you tend to shrink your world. And it's specifically because Something bad's going to happen, so you want to do something about it, good motive, but you try to control it. And so it's really hard to control a big world, so we tend to shrink it down to something that we feel like we can manage. So this can come in the way of of avoidance, like how many things or people or situations or circumstances that you just all out avoid in life, because you need to be in control. Or hypervigilance, where instead of just some slight precautions, You are overly precautious about everything because something bad, the other shoe is going to drop, right? And sometimes this is kind of hardwired into our personality. Other times we learn this. So if I have a a heartache, a pain, a trial, a wound from my past that didn't go well, well, anything that smells even remotely like that, I don't like that. So I got to find a way to avoid it, control it. Um, So we do all kinds of things to shrink our world. And usually, When you freeze that image, that thought process in your head, most of the time it's a godless world. Most of the time it is not a world that has the God of the Bible in the center of that narrative in your head, right? It might include him by way of like an anxious prayer. Oh God, don't let this happen. Uh, But seldom does those anxious thoughts and that narrative include the God of the Bible. So the, the, what's, the, what's the solution to this? If we, if we begin to catch ourselves in our anxiety, and honestly, I love when God takes something bad and turns it good, right? Uh, he redeems all things. And so when you begin to feel anxious, I think that can be a tremendous grace and gift to stop there and I think, ah, this is my cue to usher God back into the narrative that's in my head. So if anxiety, we tend to shrink our world in order to control it, the solution is to expand, grow your view of God, and you will find all of a sudden that you can afford to have a bigger world. The bigger God is to you, the bigger your world can be, because you recognize you don't have to protect yourself. You don't have to control everything. C.S. Lewis gives a a great picture of this in Prince Caspian. Aslan is the Christ character, the lion, and uh, the kids haven't seen him in a long time. And Lucy, the youngest, is ready to see him, and there's a deep need for him. And so she goes out looking for him into the woods. She's seeking God. And she seeks Aslan, and she comes to find him. And as soon as she sees him, her heart leaps and rejoices, and she goes and embraces him. And he kind of rolls to the ground. And as she's tucked into his mane, she says, You've gotten bigger. And he says, actually, I've stayed the same, but one of the things you'll notice is as as you get bigger, I get bigger. And his point is the more that you look towards God, the bigger he will be. So as anxiety will tend to shrink your world in order to control it or avoid it, expand your view of God and your world will grow. Keep looking towards God and he will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that will produce deeper faith. What might that look like to expand our view of God? Isaiah 26.3, perhaps, if you're going to memorize a verse, I encourage you to memorize this one. It says this, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. So God promises to keep us in peace. What's our part? Stay our mind on him. Stay your mind on Him and the fruit, the natural outpouring, the natural result of that will be trust. Trust and faith that leads to action that will decimate anxiety. How do we stay our mind on God? Lucy gave us a little example by running into the woods to look for Him. Psalms 34.4 says, I sought the Lord and He answered me. And delivered me from all of my fears i sought the lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears there's so many different ways we can seek the lord right we can do it in prayer individually we can do it in prayer together we get into the scriptures we sing we go into the woods we do all kinds of things to to view and take in god to stay our mind on god and again his promise is peace promises faith, promises to grow. Three three areas that I think have been helpful specifically when you are looking towards God, that can be a little bit vague, right? Uh, I'm gonna encourage you to look towards his majesty. If we're talking about growing God, look towards his majesty. Whether this be in nature, whether this be in the Psalms, it's all over the scriptures. The grandness of God. Look towards his character. What is he like? How does he express himself? How does he interact with man? Old Testament, New Testament. And look towards his care. His care towards you. A majestic and grand God is actually not very good news if he doesn't care for you. (laughs) But a God who cares for you, who isn't powerful, isn't all that helpful either in the midst of storms. I read just recently, I love this idea, the, the father'sly affection and a warrior's protection. Isn't that good? Fatherly affection and warrior protection. That's what God offers us. Continue to stay your mind there and you will see anxiety ushered out like the Pied Piper. Good stuff. Uh, there's a man named Ron Baker that uh, he's in Arizona right now, he's a snowbird. Uh, I've known him for quite a few years, and he's endured some, some trials and some suffering in his life. And he's a man that as I've watched, as I've spent some time getting to know him, and um, he's poured into me, uh, it's a man that I see continually hold on to the promises of God in the midst of this, continually, continually hold on to the person of who God is and sit underneath his goodness. And so he's given us a, a quick little testimony um, that we're going to show and, and share here.
0: have nothing and I started uh, uh, about 2004 went down with a grand mal seizure and heart attack still have a active cancerous brain tumor pulmonary embolisms and and other health issues so I have been constantly battling uh, disease uh, for 15 17 years in terms of hope I think what I have to say about that is that when you have uh, Deep sickness in your life that goes on for a long time You have to uh, lean on Christ everything that I have belongs to him as does my life, but I believe that he uh, Since we he has called us to follow him uh, he has been very kind to me and extended my life way past what we anticipated. I have hope kind of uh, you know I, I spent a lot of time over the last 15 years in the book of Job and I love that when he says though he slay me, I still believe And uh, I still love and I still, On Christ, Because of my health issues, I have to follow him day by day and he only lets me see because I am kind of a, I was a kind of an ultra performer. I think he's taking my life bit by bit so I don't get caught up in the long range planning or in the long range worries or anxieties so i not that i don't have anxiety but he has uh been extremely beneficial for me to walk beside me and walk ahead of me so in terms of hope i would say my hope is in christ and only in christ you know i i don't know what tomorrow is going to bring so that is kind of the overview of my story so far. My name is Ron.
1: Okay, so if you caught that, uh, 17 years ago it began, uh, took on new layers within those first two years, grand mal seizure, heart attack, brain tumor, still has brain tumor. You're not going to see Ron a whole lot in church because of his health issues, but when he's in town and he goes, he comes here. Uh, so I hope one day you have an opportunity to meet him. Uh, but as you see, uh, Ron... God is not going to pluck Ron from the fire, currently, in this life. And so Ron holds on to the kindness of God towards him and the lessons that he's learning in the midst of the trial, but so much of that is based on what? Future promises and a hope, that none of this is wasted and he will be met with reward. So when you're looking to God, when you're seeking God, when you're setting and staying your mind on God, as you look to his character and his care, look for past faithfulness of God. Look for present provision of God and hold on tight to future promises of God. Because I'm convinced that future promises give present help. You think about if you're deeply hungry and you are uh, to the point of, of starving, and you have tremendous physical hunger pain, as soon as you recognize, realize, and believe that you will be fed tomorrow, what does that do to you? Mentally, emotionally, I'm very certain that it will remove your anxiety. It will remove your fear that has birthed as a result of that. And that's what we're shooting for. However, it's not going to directly change your hunger pains, right? Like, you will still feel the physical pain of this, but the hope for tomorrow will radically do something for your peace and your purpose and your hope. Some of you heard me share this example before, but years ago when my youngest son, Brogan, was uh, maybe one, two years old, uh, we took him to a firework display in town and I thought he'd really eat it up, and fireworks started, and he jumped back in my lap. Another one popped, and he scooted closer and closer and closer to me. Third one, it was time for the real hero, so he climbed on Sherry's lap, Mom. <laughs> and as the fireworks started to pick up, he just turned and, and pushed his, his whole being and his, his face into Sherry. And so Sherry still enjoyed the fireworks, but she's holding her little boy, right? Because to Brogan, the fireworks were loud and scary and bright. They caused tremendous anxiety. And so he stayed his mind and he sought after and he pressed into the only thing that would bring him ultimate comfort. As Ron shared, you never know if Jesus is all you need until he's all you got. And whether this be the grand picture of your life or whether it just feel like that in these intense moments, moments where you don't you don't have anything else to hang on to and you recognize jesus is holding on to you see to brogan all of that was threatening and scary partly because he doesn't know any better right now we can we use fireworks to celebrate we can see the beauty and the glory and the grandeur of them so we do this on purpose but to him it's not there's gonna be a lot of things in your life that are gonna be scary, and bright, and loud. And I'm convinced that some of those things, whether they be a, a divorce, or a brain tumor, or the death of a loved one, or paralysis, big picture to God, those things are just fireworks. He's saying, I know they're loud, I know it's scary, but I'm going to use this to produce something beautiful. Stay your mind and peace will come. One of the beauties of this is I think think as we focus on the faithfulness of God and the promises of God, God is going to call us to act in faith. He's going to say, I don't just want this to be philosophical. I think truth is experienced. It's learned when we experience it, right? And so he's going to call us to execute faith, to act on that which we say we believe, we call this courageous action it's obedience that is driven by the belief that God in fact is good and he will make good on his promise just another way to say faith I joked earlier first service I was up here and a stink bug kept crawling to me and I flicked it away and it turned right around and it crawled right back at me flicked it away crawled right back at me I kind of kicked it away came and crawled on the foot that kicked it that's courageous action. I was like inspired by the stink bug. He's like, bring it. But the question is, what is your courageous action going to be this week? What is something that God is calling you to do even though the anxiety is still going to be present? What is God calling you not to do even though perhaps the anxiety is going to be present? So it's courage is. But if we continue to practice this, if we continue to put our faith in what God has promised and who he is, bit by bit by bit, that anxiety goes down. I'll give you a quick story. I was on a plane, real turbulent. Sometimes that's easy for me. Other times it makes me anxious. And I can't ever tell which one it's going to be. This time I was anxious. And as the plane banked right, I would push left. And as the plane banked left, I would push right. i find myself and what i was doing and then i laugh because it's like what am i trying to do like really i knew i wasn't going to adjust the plane but what i was doing was i was going to be ready how silly is that but in my anxiety i had to be ready something bad is going to happen i got to do something about it and i was like god can i just settle into my chair and if the plane banks right i'll bank with it if it banks left, I'll bank with it. And if it goes down, praise God. <laughs> but really, you think about it, certainly just a natural physical reaction for equilibrium, right? But really, that, that genesis of me doing that is I don't totally trust God. And so I gotta do something about the things in my life. Certainly, we have action, certainly. But they need to be couched in faith and the person of God and what he is asking and calling us to do and as you do this you will find it is incredibly contagious because people will look at your life and they will see peace they will see joy they will see action in the midst of various trials and it will inspire them and your peace will pour courage onto them Paul and Silas get arrested they're in prison they're praising God. They're staying their mind on God. Earthquake, spiritual earthquake happens. The doors of the prison open up, chains fall off. And the guard is about to kill himself. Remember this? And, and Paul yells, don't harm yourself, we're all here. Really interesting, Mark Buchanan, a Christian author says, we're all here. He pulls out the other prisoners, didn't go anywhere. Chance for freedom? but yet they would rather figure out what in the world is it about Paul and Silas that allow them to be unjustly kept in prison and praise and thank and sing. They wanted to get close to that. And then the guard comes and says, what must I do? And they point to Jesus Christ. So when anxiety comes, focus on the character of God focus on the care of god continue to stay your mind on him and he will get bigger and bigger and bigger and you will find the courage for action and that action will be caught by others That action will further the kingdom that action, first peter says is filled with glory years ago i was counseling a young lady and she knew my physical condition, uh, paralysis of my legs from a virus. She kind of watched me go through that. At this point, she's sitting in my office and I was able to stand up. Um, I stood up and I started counseling her and she just burst out into tears. And it caught me off guard because it just didn't seem fitting. I said, what just happened? And she, she wasn't listening to a word I said. <laughs> she, she said, I know what you've gone through and here you are. With joy, purpose, and a smile. And God just told me, I can get through this. And I can have joy and purpose and a smile. You don't even have to teach or do anything. People just see this and it inspires them. And God gets the glory and anxiety is crushed to the ground. Amen? You guys want to come up for the last song? The song is, is, I think, perfect for this. So... Uh, Turn your hearts towards this um, and just be ministered to by the goodness of God.